a one, two, three. That promenade, yeah, we're gonna rock that promenade. Be the talk of that promenade. Looking for a star drifter, not a shape shifter. Lots to do and more to see. Sweet sticks from a dumb to tree. Oh, oddities, opportunities, free advice, but not for cheap. Oh, gambling wheels, shaded deals. Lead me back here to my Good evening for this Monday, February 26, 2024, Star Trek D Space Nine, Season 7, Episode 14, Chimera is over, and it has been since 1999, but we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast, the live stream here on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitch, or you might be listening to us on the audio version as we continue our ongoing journey to watch every episode of D Space Nine and talk about it and review it. We're getting into the final bunch here uh i'm dave mater and i'm joined tonight with the ever salty jody simpson ever salty ever salty coming off your birthday i thought you might be extra salty i don't know uh the only thing that's salty right now is all my bone leaks but past that we're good your bones (laughs) well only you were uh not confined to your humanoid form jody you might it's true fewer uh, ailments if i was the fog i would be better (laughs) you were the fog yes uh, coming with the fire, it's uh, the Ritos man himself. We got Adam Woodward with us. Hey, you guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, and uh, yes, we were uh, we were on here last night talking to Davin and Pugsley on the Locutors of Trek podcast, talking about Miles O'Brien last night. And when we left Adam at the end of that podcast, I said, Adam, have you watched Chimera yet? And he says, I'm going to do it right now. So, um, and here we are a day later here. here. And you've watched it. So um, this is, um, I always forget, uh, the 164th episode of the series overall. uh, The 14th episode in this seventh season. Came out on February 15th, 1999. So we're we're almost to the day. um, Give or take a week. Uh, Written by Rene Echeverria. Directed by Steve Posey. And featuring Odo uh, quite a bit. Kira and... Uh, a new character named Loss, played by a familiar actor in J.G. Hertzler, as he's billed in this episode, Garmin Hertzler, as they tried to fool us and that we wouldn't think it was him. Um, but it didn't really work. Um, but uh, we're going to talk all about that here. Spoilers ahoy if you have not seen the episode, um, but we're assuming you have. Uh, or if you haven't, you've had 25 years to watch it. We have no, we have no sympathy for you. So uh, is this Laws in Space podcast? Well, I think it is, yes. Um, uh, I'd like to go to Adam first, uh, just to uh, see uh, what what how how do you feel about this episode, uh, having never seen it before last night? Oh boy, guys! It's like this is a very slow show. I just uh, I mean, <laughs> slow pace. DC nine. It was it was it was it was all right. Um, I wasn't bored. I just I just I'm, 
I need some action. Yeah. Get going here. I, 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 I sympathize for sure. Um, okay. <laughs> and keep in mind, it was like 10, uh, you know, whatever time last night we were watching this and it was, you know, I was ready to go to bed at the end. Like it was. Don't make it, excuses, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I hope you agree. Jody, what do you think of Chimera? Well, I'm shocked. And I'll tell you why I'm shocked. I don't remember this episode at all. And I looked it up to figure out which one it was. Then I got into the reviews because I'm just that guy. And wow, people love this episode. Love and it. The only thing that it's confirmed for me is there's a lot of people that don't understand things in life. <laughs> um, because this is, you know what? The problem is it's got greatness and it's also got just stupid decisions. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's both. It's yeah, it, 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 it has, it has all the right ingredients to be a really good episode, but then it also has a lot of shortcomings, which you don't really notice. And people seem to kind of go over like, the fact that three major characters do not act the way they normally act in this episode. Uh, so. Who would you put at the top of that list? Uh, well, Cisco is definitely there. Uh, right. He does and act a Kira, lot even to a degree. Um, and Odo kind of as well. Um, yeah. And the only thing that really frightened me more than anything was when uh, Chief O'Brien decided to talk about Keiko because I thought all of a sudden I was going to get a 40 minute episode of Keiko, which would have been terrible. Oh, well, she's back with Sabar. Go back to Bajor and your plants and Sabar. Yeah. See if I care. He doesn't. Well, he does, but. Anyway. Well, and he, then he's like, then he, okay, well, we got to talk about the, uh, the couple of little bits. Let's talk about the things we liked and as well as disliked. But for me, it's um, one of the things I did like was like the little opening with O'Brien getting mad at Odo for having bought two presents for Kira when he hadn't bought one present for Keiko on this trip. It's like we were only gone for a day, you know, um, and everything else. I, there was, so there was, there's a couple things there. I think that um, this this story is very interesting to me, and it's also I also hate it. I don't know. It's kind it's kind of a mixed bag for me. Um, I really like what they were trying to do with it. I think about pushing the idea, like how difference, how people being different can make you uncomfortable or make other people uncomfortable. Uh, don't start, oh. Judy. Oh, Keiko. sorry. Keiko's the most caring, supportive wife I've ever known. Yes. Dude. Yeah, well. <laughs> Davin thinks everybody's a 10. Anyway. Uh, well, some people don't like Keiko. I, I don't know. Keiko is kind of good or bad, depending on how she's being written in, in, in a given episode. She's kind of all over the place. Like a lot of characters are, I guess. But Keiko is the Alexander of DS9. Miles Edward O'Brien. Miles Edward O'Brien. As we were talking about him last night, but um, yeah, let's. But also, I hate this Laws character. I know we're supposed to, but he's just so one-dimensional for a guy who's supposed to be a few centuries year old, and he's like, I don't know, like there's just so much about him I, that that's uh, hard to even get behind, and and you and it's hard to even really relate to Odo on it either, right? You know, but it's you know it's it's all wrapped up in forty something minutes, so it's hard to complain too hard about it as well. Um, you know, I think that uh, this whole thing, this 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 death on the promenade with this Klingon, and you know, that was the best part of this whole episode. 
Who's that was the, it was the best part of the whole episode. Who's I, guilty I of what in that situation? I think is, is, is something we need to really unpack. So I'm going to settle this because I actually slow mode this. He was reaching for his gun. He was. I I think I do have a shot. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But but it all happened so fast. Who could keep track? You know, not like they have security cameras, because uh, they clearly don't. But they can. Well, what's more scanners. interesting? What's more interesting more. about it is after this happens, two key people on on DS Nine both ignore the fact that this guy has killed somebody, let him out. Yes. And then you have Cisco going. I don't know what could have possibly happened. What happened? I don't. I don't, I don't get. It's up to the magistrate. Did. He's up to the magistrate. He says, "Not up yeah, to him." It's like uh, unbelievable. But you know, yeah, Cisco. Cisco is none too uh, sympathetic towards this situation. So let's talk about this, guys. Let's let's run through the screenshots. Uh, it's not going to take us too long. I think that the into plot no. wise, there's only like maybe twelve scenes. Uh, the, the opening <laughs> scene uh, is on the runabout as as O'Brien and Odo. I guess went to a conference. Why? I don't know. What they did at this conference, who knows? But it, it's, it's they bought not... some uh, some knickknacks. They bought some knickknacks. Is Odo has like a like one of these little crystal things you might get at a store? I think I, I conference didn't... is just like the 24th century version of an antique fair or an antique <laughs> mall. I guess like there's a war going on. Knickknacks. And and what did these two contribute to said conference on what you know like I, I I'm curious about that. But there's there's always there's always a reason they had to go somewhere and come back. Uh, you watch our interview with JG instead. I and, completely agree with David on this one. You and, should watch that. It and as much as I don't like show. this this Laws character, I don't think it, it has anything to do with uh, JG Hertzler. Uh, no, and, no, or anything not at like all. That. But um, he it's just the character itself um as uh yeah so odor's like admiring his little knickknack that he's bought for kira uh which gets um uh o'brien thinking oh i should have got something for keiko uh and then <laughs> this is this is this maybe is my, funny this was my my favorite bit he goes not chocolates not as well. chocolates as well not chocolates as well you can't be doing that because kira is going to talk to keiko and find out that you know keiko's going to find out kira got all these presents you know um and he's and then he offers to buy them off of Odo. He's like, I'll buy one of these presents. Just buy sell them one, you know. I'm sorry, Miles, but the answer is no. The answer is no. I always love this in a world where you can replicate anything, you know, yeah. but, he, but it doesn't matter because of course Keiko can replicate something for herself. You have to bring her something unique, something you can't replicate, something that would have to come from a planet. Um and uh yeah, that was that that made me my my, my a little bit of uh, a fun there. But in the middle of this argument, or if you can even call it that discussion, uh, the runabout is approached uh by something big and large. We see sort of a space feron animal comes out of nowhere, um, seemingly, and sort of surrounds him. Like dude, <laughs> this might be the best comment of the night. Last time you got chocolates for Keiko, the power wraith was in her. That's true. That's that's very true. Good job. Yeah, I I, I knew that like Keiko liking chocolates had come up before. I thought so. Um, so they have no idea what this uh, big space fish thing is that's coming near them, but uh, all of a sudden it sort of like disappears. It starts crawling through the uh, the bulkheads. Um, this 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 would concern me more than they portray here because this seems very worrisome um 
as, well, as especially considering one of them happens to be a security officer and the other one happens to be an engineer. engineer. You would think yeah, this would be kind those... of like a priority thing. That's right. And you got all this banging going on out there. Like, what's going on? This is concerning, I would say. Uh, and they don't know what's happening. They got their phaser out. And then uh, a changeling kind of comes out of this vent. Uh, of course, they know what a changeling is. Um, and we get our reveal of laws. Uh, as played by J.G. Hertzler, uh, also who plays Martok on this show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it, they kind of know he's a changeling, of course, but he doesn't know what a changeling is. He's never met them before. And that is our our teaser for the episode. Um, not a terrible teaser uh, as far as some of these the, go. The, the acting and the reactions were terrible, but past that, it was okay. I was ready. I was ready to go. This yeah. is interesting. We're good. Let's... It would have been interesting, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so after the credits, you know, they got the phaser on this new changeling friend as the episode uh, title card comes up, Chimera. Um, you know, and after some discussion, uh, they kind of, I don't know, we, we figure out that this character, Laws, um, is not, doesn't know about the founders. He's, he's, he's new to this whole thing. He's never met another changeling before. So this is a big moment. But, uh, but O'Brien's like, how do we know he's not one of the founders? And he's like, I don't know what I don't know. I'm not sure what Odo's explanation is. Oh, well, he just they, said, "Put me in jail," and I'll, you know. Oh no! Yeah, he says, "I'll surrender to your authorities," because yeah. he just wants to go with Odo. He's more fascinated with Odo. He wants to find out what's going on with this with Odo. Um, so these two have met, and they head over to the station. Um, you know, and then so uh, Odo makes the pitch here to Cisco, like you know, uh, Cisco, like, well, how do we know he's not one of the founders? Like, he he could be. He goes like, I don't think he is. Uh, I could sense it. He's morphogenic. Oh, wait. also, the the explanation is that Odo um, says he doesn't have the disease that the rest of the founders have. Okay, um, but Odo I, does have the disease. But Odo, but yeah, I know that this is a bit of a spoiler for you, Adam. But it turns out that. Um, Odo was the one who infected the changelings, the, the okay. founders, because Section Thirty One infected Odo. You, okay. like, so, so um, not only is o Odo does have this disease, <laughs> spoilers, and more specific, and and by the end of this, he's presumably given the disease to Laws. Yes. So, so the humans are really, you know, committing genocide then on the founders. Section Thirty One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, They're nasty and, boys over there in section 31. Right. So, uh, but that's neither here nor there, I guess, in terms of like laws. this episode. Yeah. Uh, but that they hadn't established that yet or they hadn't thought of it. I'm not even sure. But, uh, but by the end um, of this conversation, Cisco agrees to let the laws stay under Odo's um, custody. Even though well, he's Odo's the best uh, constable in Starfleet. He's in the best damn space quadrant or whatever, you know. Um, Cisco's not—you can tell—he's not too comfortable with this. By the end of this conversation, he's—he—he he begrudgingly agrees to this. But um, and then uh, you know we get one of these. There's many conversations of uh, Rene Aubergenois and uh, J.G. Hertzler just walking on the upper level of the promenade, talking in this episode. Uh, this is the first of those scenes um, where they're talking about the the history and 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 how they uh, Odo's explaining who the changelings are, the founders and all this kind of stuff to laws. Um, we also find out that laws has is been doing this much longer. He's like three, he's been kind of, um, he was discovered like 300 years ago or something or a couple centuries ago. Whereas uh, Odo has really only been interacting with humanoids for like 30 years. 
So he's like a baby in comparison to Laws in some ways. Um, yeah, and uh, we, we this is the first thing where like Laws is looking down at like the the rest of the of the um, humanoids. He's like these these uh, what does he call us? He calls us like um, monoforms or something instead of solids, but it's just, it's the yeah. same kind of thing. And he's like, well, one's got a crinkly nose and one's got big ears, but they're all the same. They're not like us, you know. Is and it's kind of establishing that you know Laws pretty racist. Uh, you know, he's had some negative experiences with solids uh, or, uh, you know, monoforms or whatever you want to call it. But uh, he and so he's he's turned to hate. His fear is is fully formed into hate. And that's ultimately what is the conflict that will drive Laws and Odo apart in this episode. Um, so, yeah, so Odo takes him. Odo takes him to his quarters and Odo's like, I'm going to be staying somewhere else. I guess with Kira. He's supposed to stay at Kira's quarters while Laws is chilling here in Odo's quarters. He knows that Odo hasn't used the device in a while, like the change, the shape-shifting furniture in a while. Not quite sure how he knows that. Maybe it's the dust. But um, he sees the, the little photo of Kira in uh, Odo's quarters and he's like, what's this? Why are you, you got a, a woman? She's gonna die. We live longer. It's you know, uh, kind of reminded me like of even that scene in Highlander where the Sean Connery Ramirez tells uh, Connor McLeod, you know, she's gonna die. I had a wife. She died too. You know, because the changelings are longer lived than most of the solid species. So um, you know that their mortality is uh, they're not immortal, but they live a lot longer. So Dave, us. you know what grinds my gears? What's that? When productions use production shots as pictures <laughs> on set, it absolutely drives me mental. You don't think she posed for this photo in, in the universe? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. It looks like a promotional photo. Yeah. Oh, it's totally a promo photo. Yeah. Like I get I get why they did it, but it just it just grinds me every time I see that happen. It's like Or when they like when they in Picard when they use that photo of like uh, Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden from the red carpet at some of yes. yeah. and they're like, yeah. Oh well, this is when they went on a date back, you know, in the yeah. day or something. Those are when they were like on the red carpet at an award right. show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, they're talking and basically this is by the end of this this scene, um Odo kind of has to explain the link to laws. Right. He's like, well, we, we don't really we don't reproduce the same way. And most of our, our people spend most of the time in the link. And he's like, it's kind of like this thing. And so he this is like a whole new thing. Now, we know that Odo was 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 dealing with the uh, the founder, the female changeling quite a bit uh, when she was here and the occupation for the Dominion was going on. That's a good one. Um, this is like even Kira does point out that this is a little bit more intimate than talking. He goes, I suppose so. I think it's much more intimate. I think it's, isn't it? It's not sex, but it feels closer to sex than it feels than it is talking. Would you guys agree? Sure. It's like sexy talk. I don't even want to get close to anything to do with this. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like, what, what's happening here exactly? So they're, they're melding like, like virtually. Yeah. They're melding not in virtually, like in reality. In reality and, and telepathically they're kind of communicating. I, I think we've just confirmed that Odo is bisexual. Well, like, that, well that's he's asexual, isn't he? Well, he's asexual. He's not really a man, you know, either. Yeah, so. he's not really anything, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, which he brings up. You know, so, I don't know, but that, like, is this, I don't know, like, if I were Kira, I'd be a little bit more annoyed with this. But, uh, I get, but, but, it, again, it's part of who his species is. So um, it's hard to really come. Well, this could be like shaking hands for their species. Like, yeah, no, I think it's a little more than that because you know they, I'm they trying both, to be nice. 
Boss <laughs> wants to get back to it an awful lot. Like it seems a lot. Ooh. Laws is like addicted to it, and and we, we we know that it is addictive. That all the like the that the changelings, at least from what the founder tells us, that they prefer to always be in the link, you know, and they, um, the drop, the ocean becomes a drop only if necessary. But um, you know, I don't know how much of that is like philosophy, and how much of that is actual the biology of the changelings or not. Um, anyway, so after after it's over and they're having their they're after cigarettes, uh, they're you know they're talking all about it. And, um, you know, well, can't remember what this, the result of this conversation is, but, oh, he want he want he wants Odo to like, come with him, find the other changeling infants that were sent out and to start like, and to leave D space nine, leave all this behind. And Odo is tempted, uh, which just is like our, he is in the three other times that we've had episodes like this. Correct. Yeah. I think that's maybe another part. Another flaw in this episode is that we've kind of had this, this storyline with the, with the chain, the founder. And now this guy comes along, and I get he's not a founder, he's not part of the war, but he's he's he sucks more than her in other ways. So it doesn't like Odo just seems like a bit of a dope uh, throughout a lot of this. Uh, but you know he's he's, a, he's joke. A, I'm not taking it. All right, but Kira shows up. You know how's it going, Odo boyfriend? You know, um, and uh, you know I love how she takes his hand, and then he kind of he mentions the link, and she's like, oh. Oh, you linked him. He's like, it's just like talking. Is it? Is it really though? Mm, not so sure. Um, uh, but she doesn't get mad either. She's just a little concerned, I would say, is, is more apropos. Um, I, you, you get the feeling that she's like, oh boy, like I, I lost a measure of my uh, respect for my boyfriend here. Like this, yeah. Is like uh if not it's it's been sort of threatened uh, i would think at the, at the at the least but she's don't going... know. maybe they have an open relationship no kira? no well kira's smiling which is completely out of character too yeah uh, no i don't think kira is a swinger that's for sure mirror kira whole different story oh mirror kira for sure is a swinger yeah. but yeah. uh but uh, uh uh kira didn't even like playing like um uh someone going after a married man in a holodeck program True. So, you know, yeah. I don't think she, she's going to be going there. Anyway, so so they're like, okay, let's let. Why don't you bring Law? Go to. He says to. She says to Odo in that scene. Why don't you bring Laws to meet like our friends and we can all hang out, you know, at Quarks. And he says, oh, okay. So he brings Laws to Quarks. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Let's yeah, let's all socialize and whatever. This this is like the worst scene. It is the worst scene. It is. Yeah. It's so bad because basically Laws shows up. He throws cold water on the whole thing right away. He's insults like, everybody. Insults everybody. He doesn't even he doesn't even try. You know, um, he's like, Oh, O'Brien tries to lighten the mood, like, oh, sorry about pointing the phaser at you when we first met. Just didn't know who you were yet. He's like, I come to expect this kind of stuff from people. Um <laughs> I don't know. He just like what he really reminds me of in this scene is like just like somebody who is sometimes like environmentalists can get like this or people who are just like hate other people uh, so much because they're like, the Oh, they, they're the vegans. They're the destroying vegans. the planet. We're destroying the planet. <laughs> we're a plague on this planet. You know, this kind of like just this loathing of, of, of everybody and, and, and things like that. Um, how we, we, we've, we've destroyed everything. Um, and he's just going at them, you know. Um, that's that's how it feels. Like it's it's not so good. He talks about like one time I turned into a um, like a, like an 
antelope or something. And uh, then our our whole t- territory got cut off, and then we all died within two generations. All the antelope died, uh, and that's what happens with people. And I think Quark shows up to give a steak to Bashir in the middle of this yeah, whole little. Says, I'll go put that away. Oh, he's like, I got your steak. He's like, oh, never mind that, Quark. I'm trying to look progressive to laws, and not like I'm. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe like, maybe that was imported maybe that's like a real steak or something from somewhere uh and not replicated but yeah this is a really awkward conversation he's like you don't you don't like oh you don't like us changelings you don't trust us changelings by nature and um o'brien says i trust odo he says of course you trust odo because he pretends to be like you and he acts like you but he's nothing like you you know um it's a it's like for a guy who's supposed to be like two or three hundred years old, it's even Ezri. Ezri tried. Ezri is like, yeah. What Ezri's like? Oh, you've seen through our evil plan. You've seen through our evil plan. Yeah, we're here to destroy Oda's life. God, that's uh, such a cringy line. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But you know one thing about this episode, actually, that was their only line, Jody. Yeah, was- I know. I was actually going to say something about that, but. Everybody thinks I'm such a, a an Ezri hater. Well, I become that way. Uh, <laughs> he's, Adam's like I'm, I'm. I'm fully developing my hate for these Ezri. Characters. I hate. I just don't enjoy her character. I, I, that's it's all. okay, Adam. Come to the dark side with me. <laughs> well, let's ask. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, well, I'll give him a second to get his camera going. Jamil, Jamil's coming in. Yeah, he's coming in. We don't know if he's actually in yet. Yeah, I'm going. I'm giving him a second there before I add him. He might Um, just be audio today. All right, let's try it. Jamil? Yo. Hey. He's in audio. He's audio only mode. That's okay. I'm still, I'm literally on the road. That's why. Okay. Well, then we definitely don't want you to focus on that. uh, (laughs) Jamil, we were just talking about the scene in Chimera. Where Law, you know, Laws goes to meet everybody at Quarks. Oh yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the dude is a dick, but at the same time, like Odo has no response to his criticisms, and he should have known better. Honestly, La- Laws. Like he's just like. You know, but why would he introduce all of them at the same time? Yeah. It feels oh. like you should start with Kira. Kira. It was Kira's idea. Let's 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 have a party. Let's have a party. We won't invite Worf, so that will make it better. Um, or Cisco. Who else? Rem- is remember when I said that most of these characters don't act the way they're supposed to? That would yeah. be one of them. Yeah. So that ends, and then um, the next scene is like Odo's trying to talk to him. He's like, "Well, I don't think you're. I don't think our social lives are very compatible, and what you're everything else." Then Laws wants to link um, in the middle of the promenade, and uh, he goes here in the middle of public, like you know, um, which uh, Laws does not understand. It's almost oh. he's like, but but that you know, that makes it the fact that Odo felt uncomfortable with that. It's like you know, like you know, somebody who doesn't want to you know be demonstrative in public with their girlfriend or boyfriend or, or right. whatever a public display but, of affection. Yeah, and. and his hesitancy there made me very much think of that and, and which makes this a very intimate thing again. So, you know, right. I think linking with somebody is an intimate thing. Would you agree, Jamil? No, it isn't. It's not. It only, Jamil, the the writers are making it that way. 
like the writers are making it weird, yes, but technically, uh, from a, a changeling's point of view, it should be like this is how they converse. This is a normal interaction. Like so, so Odo was making it weird. Did that badly that he is now feeling uncomfortable doing it in front of humans? I guess. Well, Odo has not really interacted with his kind in a public um, setting consistently, right? Where it, it, there isn't like some kind of a power dynamic that's at play. Right. Um, like to me, it's more than just conversing. It's more than talking. Is it the same as sex? Maybe not, but it's close to me. Um, you know, I, I but I think it, I think the analogy they're trying to go for here is that like I think um, if there was a gay couple in, in public by today's standards we wouldn't question it so much but back in 1999 this was still pretty new in the cultural conversation and this idea of like people like if, if there's a gay couple walking down the promenade holding hands or kissing at one time that was considered very shocking not that long ago you know and I think that that's also what they're trying to touch upon here with this story. Um, you know, but in a in a sci-fi science fiction sort of setting. Let's you know? face it; he's been traveling for three hundred years with his, you know, uh, swinger lifestyle. Maybe he just isn't. Uh, he just isn't there. He doesn't understand. Uh, I wonder if he. I w- wonder if he's gone to. He hasn't gone to Rising yet. So that's a. <laughs> no. That's one thing. Yeah. We don't really know what happens to Laws after this, but Laws Laws says to Odo, "Hey, what, come and fi- come with me. We'll go find the um, the the other infants, and we'll start a new link out there. And we can link wherever we want. We can link in the middle of the promenade if we feel like it. You know, that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna make together. Don't we know what happened to Laws? Is that what the third season of Picard is about? Uh, it's no, it's not about Laws. It's about other changelings." Um, yeah, it seemingly has like a a lot of similar attitudes about solids. Well, either way, Laws is infected. Yeah, well, we established yeah that that uh, he would have infected Laws by linking with him here. Uh, yeah, that Odo so has. He would be infected as of now. Yeah, so um, so and Laws at the end of this episode goes off. To, I don't know to whatever the hell he goes up to do. Find more changelings, maybe. Um, but he may have died after this. We're not sure. So, um, Odo's more or less, we don't care. The next scene is here. Odo studying his <laughs> knickknack, the thing he got, he got for Kira, because um, he's still contemplating this, uh, like this this temptation to go with laws, to go off and leave his life behind and and do this. Um, you know, and, the thing that we've had a bunch of episodes about already. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like all, like, but he laws also says to um, to Odo, he's like, the only reason you stay here. The only reason you don't you would you don't go back to the founders, war or no war, is Kira. Kira is the only thing that keeps you here. It's not because you are so against the war. You're so against this. It's it's it, it's basically this love for Kira, and that sort of trumps everything in Odo's mind. Um, but but is that wrong? That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's not something that Odo says out loud. Really, you know, he talks more about him being against the found the founders for this and that, but he doesn't when he's when he talks about it, he doesn't say the real reason which Laws knows by linking with them, right? But so, Adam, that is that is absolutely bad. He holds a prominent position on the station, and the only thing that's preventing him from just like going AWOL is 
like his relationship with Kira? What happens if they have like a rough patch? Wait, 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 wait a second though. This relationship just didn't just didn't start. I know, but what if what if a rough patch occurs? Right. He's gonna just. I don't. Right. I, well, okay. I mean, let's listen. All I'm saying is that this this relationship between him and Kira has not been a, a seven year journey on Deep Space Nine. He's been there all along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were. It was kind of like this unrequited love for a long time, and then he finally gets the girl at the end of like season six, uh, and that's kind of where we are in this in this um, season. Right. But yeah, like I don't know. Uh, but he's like I. He, Odo talks about missing that part of himself and whatever. And Kira feels for him. Kira feels like she says, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't link with you. Uh, like laws. Can. No, she's way too apologetic here in my opinion, but yeah. Like, well, uh, I, I don't blame Kira specifically. Odo's not properly communicating his feelings and what he wants. So okay. like if he told Kira, like, Hey, I want to show you the real me. Right, then he could like at least know where Kira stands. He doesn't question it or even give her the option. He just hides that part of himself. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I feel more for her. So Odo goes to see Laws to tell him, "I'm not. I'm not coming with you. I'm not. You know." He finds Laws being fire. He at first he tries to turn on the fire suppression system uh, until he realizes that it is Laws existing as fire. Laws, I need to talk to you. Um, and he's like, "Did you even know we could be fire? I bet you did it." It's he's kind of showing off to Odo, I think, too, a lot. But he's like, "I got all these amazing shape shifting abilities. Don't you want me to teach you that?" Um, and and that's part of like the little the carrot that he dangles at Odo. Um, but yeah, what happens? With, oh yeah, Odo does link with him again here at the end of the scene, even though he's like, "I'm not coming with you," but whatever. Uh, then. Odo is working in his office. There's a time jump in the next scene, and Odo and Laz is being fog on the promenade, guys. You know, being uh, fog menacingly. Menace. He's he's surrounding them menacingly. Um, yeah, kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. Special um, effects guys are like, okay, run down to Walmart, get a fog machine. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, "What's he doing?" We'll he like, so much money. Odo's answer here. He's like, "Being fog. What does it look like? <laughs> Can he be fog somewhere else?" But people uh, in the background don't look that concerned that there's fog on the promenade. No, like, the kids are playing in it. Like, like this seems like something that shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he's like, "Laws." The kids only like people only have concern once they know it's a changeling. But before that, they're like, "Oh, yeah. this is some they're nifty like, it's like atmospheric snow, issue." Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, O'Brien like, was going day. to check. He was going to check out some kind of a piece of equipment to make sure everything's just working fine. You know. Um. Yeah. So he reforms back into his humanoid form. Uh. So and everybody's you know, like, "Ooh, we just played in him." And these <laughs> these two Klingons come along. They're not too impressed, as 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 you may not have heard the uh, the species that Odo and Laz are members of or part of uh, the, uh, the the changelings are are waging a war against the Alpha Quadrant and are trying to conquer the galaxy. So these Klingons are not too impressed with ah, the Klingons are just space bullies anyway. So it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so they think you know they come at uh, Laz and I don't want you shape shifting in my presence. Um, you know, being somewhat xenophobic, I would say. Odo says, leave it alone. 
you know um he's like he's like you have klingon blood on your hands changeling he's like how would i ever get the stench off I, oh. you know Okay, so the, yeah, the tension is elevating here, like fast. Oh yeah, laws elevate. Laws does not try to diffuse it whatsoever. So, uh, the, well, the and I almost get the impression that they want this character to be like that because of the fact that he hasn't had a lot of experience dealing with people. Well, but, he has, but he, but he, then he also says like he did. So he it's did, like, but then he 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 wrote them off. He hated them. But one yeah. thing he was he got his heart broken by the woman uh, that he couldn't have kids with. He's told like he, he had a mate, and then you know it didn't work out. And uh, he's clearly like experienced a lot of the the hatred and sort of bad vibes that a lot of other species give towards changelings for being weird and different or whatever. Um, and so yeah. That's what that's kind of accumulated here with this Klingon who pulls out a dagger. Uh, so Laws creates a dagger. Uh, he goes, "Mine's bigger." Um, out of the thing here, uh, and then he tries to stab Laws, and and uh, Laws can't be harmed by a knife. That is true. Um, even though Odo can be hurt hit hurt by being hit over the back at different times, and he was wearing protective goggles last week, but that's neither here nor there. So that um uh so then uh, uh so so Odo takes out the one guy, the first Klingon who tries to stab Laws. And so while Odo is wrestling with him, this other guy who looks more surprised and more like I, I think just sad he's in this situation. So I want you guys to take this screenshot for a second. I want you to imagine that this guy is half the size he is. Does he not just look like a hobbit? He's like the smallest, weakest, most like nervous looking Klingon I've ever seen. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like the uh, son of Duras, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, is this where he's reaching for the gun? I think it is. He was. So, because that was the thing. Was he going for the knife or going for the gun? He's going uh, for the gun. He was going for the gun, which can hurt laws. Yes. Uh, and but but uh, and so well, like, but, like logic, logic, just like he was going for the gun. It's like, oh, so he just saw his his uh, fellow warrior stab the the changeling, and it showed no effect. He's gonna take out his knife and take another yeah, stab. Yeah, go it. after him now. Yeah, I agree with Jamil on that one. Yeah, um, I, I thought Odo didn't allow weapons on the promenade last time I checked. In, you know, oh, it's okay be? if it's one of Odo's people though. Okay, and I guess it's wartime, so maybe they're because they Odo never changes, never changes his his way of doing things. Okay, it's, which is normally how he does things, but this episode just he acts completely off. Yeah, but uh, Laws kills this guy. Uh, you could call it self defense, I guess, and. Um, you know, uh, Odo's kept Odo can't even believe what he sees here, and the other Klingon goes, No, um, right. Odo's like, Not again, he was right beside me. Yeah, don't stand uh, beside Odo on the promenade, you're gonna get killed. Probably so. In the <laughs> next, Odo is a worse security officer than Tasha Yar. Well, not according to uh, Cisco. Well, yeah, Cisco, well, Cisco's terrible in this episode. Cisco, yeah, he's like, I just need Worf doing other things. Um, but in the next scene, like, so because they don't want, I guess they didn't want Martok to be in the the episode because JG's already playing this other guy. So they get Worf to come in for this scene, and he has to like kind of speak for Klingons and speak for Martok. But he clearly seems sort of uncomfortable with it. Uh, Cisco's like, well, the report here says that people were complaining about the fog. And this whole thing went down, and now they want a trial. And, you know, he's like, this doesn't look too good, Odo. 
uh, on the report. Oh, it was like, there, this is going to be a show trial. The Klingons are going to want to extradite laws and execute them for show because we're at war with the founders, which is probably all true. You know, like I, I think that uh, that Odo has a lot of good points here, but Cisco feels like his hands are tied a bit because, uh, you know, they're allies with the Klingons and this is the law uh, and whatever. That's, that's kind of BS, though. It is. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think it's also coming down to the fact that Cisco really didn't want laws on the station in the first place. And this has now happened. And I feel like there's part of Cisco that's like, I told you so. I told you something was going to go down. Uh, if he was here, and um, and and it's your fault, Odo. I trusted you, and this is this is on your head. I think is a little bit of what Cisco's point is, even though he doesn't quite say that directly. So Cisco blames somebody else, so he is acting in character then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Worf is trying to make the case here, but the, the look between Worf and, and Cisco here is kind of like. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Too super uh, happy with how this is all going down. They they know it's it's messed up. So I was sorry to interrupt you, Dave. I, I was reading a a review that somebody wrote online about this episode, and I have to admit the one comment he said was really good. He goes, "I don't get why they didn't just have Martok in this because why would you have Worf go in there to to kind of defend the Klingons with his Miss Chronos stash <laughs> sash that he has on?" I'm like, yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's because, yeah, and I think just because they were trying to fool us that we wouldn't know it was J.G. Hertzler playing this role. Like, well, like it's not the last name. Like, it, yeah, it's not, you know, it's either that or, you know, it was his cousin Garmin, or, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, another Hertzler. But anyway, so, so Quark shows up here and he kind of gives this advice to Odo, but I don't agree with it. But, you know, basically Quark's saying, like, you're not stupid enough to try to do to turn into fog on the promenade and flaunt that you're a changeling, you know, that you kind of keep things under uh, quiet and you don't, you know, you don't in antagonize people because, uh, quite frankly, we can't stand that you're different. You're smart enough to know that people don't want to be reminded that you're different. Who wants to see somebody turn into goo? Don't you get it, Odo? We humanoids are a product of millions of years of evolution. Our ancestors learned the hard way that what you don't know might kill you. Our tolerance to other life forms doesn't extend beyond the two-arm, two-leg variety. I hate to break this to you, but when you're in your natural state, you're more than our poor old genes can handle. Um, does that ring true to you guys? I think 100%, yeah. It's... it's look at the animal kingdom the default is to be weary of something and it i guess that does extend to people you know humanity is a good example of that you know you know when white men saw black people they instantly thought that that was terrible or something and it's like that that's just absurd but it it, it is what happened uh you know you know people you know visiting an island that was you know have natives on it uh you know same idea you know people would get slaughtered and and it's you know they're, they're scared of they're scared of what they don't know and i think that's something that is bred into everybody to a degree um hopefully we get around that but it, it's it's one of those things that you know if if you're walking let's say dave you're 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 an avid runner let's say you're running you know at night and you run through a park and all of a sudden you see a coyote growling at you. Your instinct isn't to like be friends with the coyote. Your instinct is to make sure you don't get hurt. 
right? right. So it, I think I think in a way, what he's saying is actually kind of accurate, even though it is a shitty message. It is accurate. Um, it's and, it's anti. It's the anti Star Trek message actually it's but definitely not what star trek is supposed to be portraying yeah absolutely <clears throat> i agree but i think they also you know touched on i mean it's also wartime for them like, yeah you, yeah you, you, you know, so right that well and it's no point. different than the bajorans when you know with the uh uh the uh, cardassians right like it's it's you know these are people that are feared even after things are already settled you know like they're still feared and but you can look back at like things like the japanese internment during world war ii right yep. uh where japanese americans like including george takei got like you know absolutely rounded up and their houses Terrible. taken away very yeah. bad things but i don't think every american at the time or every canadian at the time was was on board with that were they i was oh alive, probably so. not no and but, i yeah. thankfully that's true uh, they don't but, necessarily no. take a poll like yeah that's the thing right like it's and you know and and that's the thing we have a lot of racism still in this world even though people want to ignore it in some scenarios but there is a lot of racism still and it's the same thing in this type of universe as well like things can't be perfect even in the future like it's there's going to be instincts that people are going to have you're going to have an instinct to always drink dave you're going to have an instinct to always eat you know these are instincts that are bred into you but to um, hate is is it my instinct to hate something that's different? Well, than I don't think that's really what he said. I don't think he says that he's hate. They're hating the people. I think they what fear these the difference. They, they fear, fear the, the different, and that's that's a different thing. It's not necessarily that they hate them; they just fear them because well, the fear turns into them. hate. I guess. Well, yeah. fear can turn into hate. Absolutely. You know, we learned that in Star Wars, right? Well, but uh, <laughs> I know that is that what we learned about Star Wars? <laughs> What's but, that? Is that what we learned about Star Wars? I well, learned that that, that and a lot you, of cheesy lines, but <laughs> if you belong to a specific family, you're always the main character. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the one interesting line I thought here from Quark was like, "This is no t we're at war. This is no time for uh, changeling pride demonstrations on the promenade." Uh, you know. Which I think is, uh, 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 I think that's a relic of the time. I don't think you could put that. In, I, I, it it feels it, dated. Yeah, it, it is definitely a dated response. Uh, but we have to remember, all three of us lived at this time, and you know, maybe some of the people that are listening to this haven't uh, at that time. But it was different. Uh, there were, you know, that was something that was not as cherished as it is now. And you know, I'm I don't know how popular Oktoberfest was during World War II. Uh, yeah, or World same War idea. I, yeah, you know, mind so. you, a little different, but <laughs> it's same, well, same Germany, relative idea, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Who we were at war with, um, you know. So well, and, and guys, reminder: we've got two pretty big wars going on right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely, Not officially, but yes. Um, well, depends on who you ask, right? right? Like war, wars are only declared when people believe they're wars. So it's it's you know, right. I guess that's where it comes down. Uh, the next scene here was when Odo goes to see uh, Laws in the holding cell. There's some just just juxtaposition here because uh, you know, the, the deputy who is guarding Laws will not let Odo talk to him alone because he, they're afraid that they're going to conspire as changelings. But he does let Kira later on talk to Laws alone, and then Which she's the makes one no sense. Laws. But and then she lets Laws go. Right. Yes, because um, the woman of the man definitely wouldn't wouldn't go on his side for anything. It would no. have to be, you know, that, that's just not going to happen. She's a good solid with legs and stuff, you know. So. Well, she's not even acting totally in character right now and either. So it's, you know, it, it, this whole thing, as I said at the beginning of this episode, 
Like this, this episode just kind of writes against what we know about a lot of these characters. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the final, well, this is one of the final conversations between laws and, uh, and Odo here. Ah, there's lovely Jamil. Oh, now I get to see Jamil even better. Now you can see. So um, after his little conversation with Laws in the holding cell, he goes to talk to Kira. He's like, it's going to be a show trial. They're gonna, the Klingons are going to do this and this. And, and, and Kira's like, we don't know any of that yet. We still have to go through the hearings and whatever. And, and Odo's like, no, it's, there's going to be no justice for Laws. Not, it's going to be uh, too prejudicial. Um, and uh, it, it, we're not going to get it. So, uh, Dave, sorry to pause you right there. Does this seem like the same freedom fighter that we saw in the first like couple of seasons of D Space Nine? He is just like no, justice nope. will prevail. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Be a fail tri fair trial. It just seems so like she's but she's like, in love, Jamil. Love changes everything. Love changes everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I think that a lot of the, of the other characters, there's not a lot of time for them to do much of anything, right? So it's no. like because so much of it's just these conversations. But the most consistent character is O'Brien, because you know yeah. he'd just be surly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, Still uh, surly. It's fine because he's like he insults laws, and, and Bashir's like, I think he heard you. He's like, Good, I want him to hear me. <laughs> I don't like that guy. He's a dick. <laughs> Well, yeah. he's right. Like, Lars was a dick, so, you know. Right. I think up. if you look back and you actually analyze a lot of the episodes of this series, I think you'll find that O'Brien probably is the most consistent out of all the characters. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to give her two presents. You've only been gone a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so just so O'Brien. Yeah. You don't have to give her two presents. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Uh, this is maybe just my give her some potatoes. My my favorite conversation in this episode is between here between Kira and Odo because he's like, "Look at me, what am I?" You know, and she's like, "I see you." You know, look at me, Narice. What do you see? I see you. No, no, this is just a form I borrowed. I could just as easily be someone or something else. I know that. This is what you have always chosen to be—a man, a good and honest man. The man I fell in love with. Are you trying to tell me that he never really existed? I don't know. I don't know. Why would Wrong. you say man? Why would you say man? Just remember, people consistently say this is the best Star Trek series ever. <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm not questioning um, Nana's uh, acting because she's, oh, no, she's, she's straight putting acting. in work. You're talking yeah, about the writing. She's a great actor. <laughs> this writing. This writing like, is terrible in this episode. Rene Echeverria, he's, he's got some classics. Like what? Uh, like Mira Burial and that stuff. Oh, well, that'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, but I'd like him talking about how he's not what he appears to be. Like, he had kind of these conversations in the earlier seasons with Luxana Troy and whatever. We've you know. had this conversation at least three times. Yeah, but... Yeah. He's like, I should be out there with laws looking for the this babies. This is the typical, this is the typical Odo. Should I go join my race or should I hang out with the humans again? Yeah. And, and we're like, like if you want to go, Odo, like, it's fine with us. You know? like, he's like, Only no! thing this, from th this episode is Lars call calling um, Odo and Uncle Tom. That's the only thing that's he kind of he kind of does call him that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> does kind uh, of, but it's, he doesn't say it exactly. Right. Well, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm pretty sure the writers of this episode now write for Discovery. 
Like the, the this is the only possibility. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Rene Chaveri is up to these days. I don't know, but he should be on Discovery. A couple of these writers went on to do uh, For All Mankind and some other shows, but um, oh, which is actually a really good show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this is the scene where Kira is like, "Hey, deputy, take a hike." Uh, you know, I, you don't have to worry. Doesn't about even me. question it either. He's just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. I also like that he wears the turtleneck. He's clearly just wearing one of uh, Rennie Aubergeois' other outfits, uh, which yeah. normally because normally they don't have that turtleneck. It's normally only Odo that has that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing a uniform enthusiast like myself would notice. Oh, uh, we're calling it a uniform enthusiast now. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, for the uniform. Uh, so yeah, he goes to see. Uh, Kira goes to see Laws. She lets him out. You know, of the holding cell. He's like, "Is this a trick?" Um, again, something Kira wouldn't do. Right. Well, he's. I don't he care how her. love she is. She wouldn't do this. You don't think she would do this? Um, no. Well, she did do it. So I know she did it. I think she look. I think she would do it. I would. I don't think she would do it in this method. Yes. Right, where where she's just. I I'm think just she would like to have him released. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was interesting more that she she didn't uh, own it, like uh, not that she no she didn't own it at all. And on top of that, you have Cisco going, the I don't get what's going on, right? Because she, she she lets him out, and the then guy who's made, one of the sharpest people on this show cannot get what happened. She she lies to Cisco, her religious icon, yes. like yeah. her her Jesus, you know, like I'm, her personal like, Jesus. I haven't like I haven't seen this episode in a long time. I was expecting she he um, Cisco dismisses everyone and then tells you know uh, Kira to stay back and they have and then gives her a shit. conversation. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Right. That would be better. That would at least be in his character. Yeah, not the uh, oh I don't know what happened here. Right but at this point, Kira hasn't told Odo, so Odo's like, oh no, he's just the most amazing changeling ever. He must have escaped on his own. What a brilliant changeling he was. You know, and uh, I think uh, what's more concerning is the fact that they have holding cells, but no video, no video, no it's video like, at all, no video on the promenade. You where... can't, you can't see what's going on in that cell unless you're there. Yeah, right. But remember, in in, in the previous episode, the one right before this, uh, the field of fire, you can look through walls and look anywhere on the station with this viewfinder <laughs> and this rifle, but you know you can't uh, in the public spaces. Not only that, but here's another part of the logic that's an issue. Kira goes in, dismisses the security guy. The other guy goes missing. The security guy presumably does come back at one point and he goes, wait, the cell's empty. Kira was the last one in here. And then he reports that. Oh no, That's she, what should happen. She she made up this thing that laws turned into a plasma thingy or something and like was fantastic. Able to but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think somebody would Cisco put two, two have shoot her out and said, why did you have the security guard leave? Yeah, why why did you dismiss the security guard in there? Yeah. That's on you. Like it should have been that like, would be a Cisco on thing. you. Yeah. Cisco never chooses out Kira. Ever. No, like, he never chooses out Kira. He always chooses out like fucking O'Brien. Because the prophet loves the children. Yeah. Loves the yeah. children. He loves to chew out Bashir. Uh but uh yeah, not so much the Kira never. Um He's just mean genocide Jesus. That's all he is. Right. There's even kind of like this cold feeling here between Kira and Odo and Worf as they kind of walk by here in ops, like after the meeting with Cisco. Because if you're Worf, you're like, this is it's like complete. He feels yeah, like he's that. like, this is balls. Where the hell is going on here? Look, this guy killed a Klingon in the middle of the promenade. And just like, Why are we wasting our time on this thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. 
Anyway, so they're going down the the uh, the turbo lift, and, and Odo, you know, just thinks Law's escaped, and then um, Kira reveals it. She's like, "Yeah, I let I, I'm I'm the one who let him out," you know. Um, yes. And then they they do this hand holding thing. Yes. Uh, and she's like, "Go, to Odo, him. you, yeah." Odo, Mister Justice is like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely yeah. against his character. Yeah, he is not- literally like the galaxy's lawman. Like this guy is the Chuck Norris of the universe, but he's and, is he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not today. Not today. Um, he's. I wouldn't even. He's not even like uh, the Law and Order or like the, the Hank McCoy. Um, who am I thinking of? The guy from Law and Order. Um, hang him high, McCoy. Uh, anyway, McCoy, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, this the final conversation here between Odo and Laws on this planet, wherever Laws is hiding out, and uh odo says like i'm not coming with you and then you know but odo wants to link again and laws is like no we're not no more lincoln you can get bent well i think he wants to link with him to kind of persuade him into coming right like that's kind of what i got of it odo wants to get to persuade him to go where well with him back to face the hero find to go find him oh no but they don't but they're not going to do that together like that did so i didn't um get that like i don't know but laws is kind of over odo by the end of this he's like whatever odo you suck and then he kind of leaves odo um (laughs) but odo's like i still got like 10 more episodes in this season i can't just i can't just leave right and little do you know laws i've given you a disease um yeah i already gave i already gave you space herpes (laughs) (laughs) good luck (laughs) more like space aids yeah Um, yeah actually true yeah, and so we, we catch up with Kira at the end of the episode. She's praying to her uh, her shrine thing, praying to the Cisco, Cisco, asking for uh, she did <laughs> some ha- Cisco. <laughs> uh, as she said some hail marys for lying to the Cisco about uh, you know breaking that guy out um, and whatever. Hail Jennifer, yeah, hail Jennifer, full of grace. Um, yeah. Or Sarah, it'd be Sarah. Oh, Sarah, just, sorry, yes. Hail right. Sarah, full of grace. Uh, the prophets are within. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so so Odo shows up. He's like, what is that? Is that a ring? Um, guess you're not. No, what? It's like like a ringing in my ears. No, sorry, must be just must be me. Must okay, be uh, probably not a good sign. But oh, that's no, gone. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> she wants to stay crazy from this episode. Okay, the end. The end here between Odo and Kira, where he, she's like, "I if I ever made you feel like you couldn't be the real you, I'm sorry." Let me see the real you, even the gooey stuff. Come on. And then he turns into a big light show and starts going around her. And she yeah. wants the goo. Yeah. She wants the goo. This is she does the throws the arms up and she's she's this is Odo I turning into fog. The time of my life. Odo's the velvet fog. Yeah. Uh, and he's going for it here. Um I and that's it. Next yeah, episode, like that, should... that that right there is a little disturbing. <laughs> this next episode should be a cold opening with like Kira talking to Ezri. It's like he was all over me, like yeah. legit all over me, like legit, like <laughs> in my veins, in my ears. Adam, do you have any uh, trivia and fun facts to share with us? I sure do. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, so Quark's comment to Odo in this episode about people's suspicion of Odo. And the Changelings is one of Armin Shimmerman's three speeches in the show that he's most proud of, of what he had to say. 
not sure this is the best one, but but yeah, I I kind of agree with what is said, but I also disagree because I think we also have the capacity to kind of push past our instincts and our evolution and kind of think more. Well, um, speeches are about making you think things, so I guess in a way that's exactly what it's supposed to do. Right. Yep. Uh, JG Hertzler um, <clears throat> bases performance on William Shatner. He wanted Lost to play <laughs> the annoyingly judgmental, as if humanoids were up beneath him. That man is a brilliant actor. Yeah. And all they do is upset the I mean, natural balance of things. Now that I know that, like I, just, I don't think I heard that he was doing Shatner, but that makes a lot of sense. If you ever it see, it makes Shatner, a ton of sense. Yeah. If you see Shatner at conventions and just the way he kind of is when like yeah. people, he's not like on cock yeah. of the walk. Yeah. 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 Shatner has a way of taking extended pauses over uh, and over at NCACN. Um, that could work for laws. He described Laws as it as laws doing Shatner doing Kirk. Laws doing Shatner doing Kirk. Well, that's I think that's part of the reason George Takei still hates Shatner because it's just that's the way he always acts. Yeah. Uh Andrew Robinson, who played the reoccurring role of Garrick, was considered for the role of Laws. Uh, both roles require heavy makeup, but the staff felt that Robinson's voice was too recognizable. See, like, I so would if, agree they, with that. if they given it to Andrew Robinson, yeah, like, how would that have been different? Um, like, I, I think I would have been better if they'd done Jeffrey Combs because I'm oh, yeah. more used to him taking on Jeffrey Combs life. would be amazing, but plus, he also throws his voice a lot. So, because JG Hurst are so distinct in that Martok role, it was hard. It, it's, I find it distracting that he's in this role, even though he's a, he's a good actor and he did a really good job with it. I feel yeah. like I would have preferred another actor in this role. He'll always be Martok in our hearts. Yeah, I just I never saw the credits, so I didn't know it was him until you all mentioned it. So I didn't the know voice. It. Well, he's using different. He's using a different name. As oh, well. okay. So, yeah, so I, I did, thought the, he didn't put the JG. He just put Gerard or whatever, which is I guess is one of his. Oh, or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just got more of that voice sense. But I, even back when I watched this 25 years ago, I was like, that's Martok. Uh, you know, and to be uh, honest, I I didn't remember until. But when it's like the credit, when, and then I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I don't feel that way when Jeffrey Combs does all his roles. You know, so it's just. Well, uh, I think Jeffrey Combs has more like he's got a lot like a wide variety of what he's known for, whereas Hertzler is Martok. Like, there's nobody who could ever do Martok like him. Right. Uh, whereas you know Jeffrey Combs can kind of jump from role to role, and he's he's very much a character actor for sure. Hit us, Adam. Okay, so when old Odo was explaining to Lost what linking is, he says it's about sharing. Thought and form, idea and sensation. This is exactly the same phrase used by uh, the female changeling when she is explaining it to Odo in Behind the Lines. Hmm. That, made, that made it easy for Jamil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, this is the second and final time after the discovery of Dominion that Odo is referred to as a shapeshifter instead of a changeling. Uh, following Damar's use in Treachery, Faith, and the Great River, Odo asks Loss, you, you've never met another shapeshifter. So, okay, some other things here we got here. During the debate about Laws killing the Klingon, Cisco mentions General Martok's demand to keep Laws detained. Ironically, Jet Laws is played by J.G. Hertzler, um, who portrays General Martok. It would be kind of cool if they actually had both the monster. If they had, the, if they had a, a scene together, I would have liked that. Yeah. But. Yeah. 
He's like, General oh. Martok. Oh, here we go. General Martok is probably kept off screen in, to avoid the cumbersome split screen filming techniques uh, needed to do that. Is it that cumbersome? I guess. Yeah. You know, it must be. Uh, I think it can be. You got to make sure the lighting matches, stuff like that. Everyone was extremely pleased on how Nana Visitor uh, played the final moments of the episode where Kira reacts to Odo taking the form that gently envelops and showers her. Uh, Shower <laughs> me in your fog, Odo. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear Jamil. Can you hear Jamil? What and, was that, uh, that shower again, Adam? I'm sorry, my my memory's kind of fuzzy. Was it like a what type of hue? Like a a golden hue? A golden, maybe a, golden a, hue. A, a shower of a golden variety. That <laughs> is golden, Jamil. I think you're right. Well, let me just let me finish here because it makes it even funnier. Oh. Uh, this this included Odo's. <laughs> <laughs> this included uh, Rene Ojeboy's, whatever his last name is, <laughs> who approached <Yeah>. visitor <laughs> He's lost around the scene and explained, God, you make me look like such a great lover. <laughs> <laughs> does does she? Oh boy. <laughs> look at the look at the rapture on her face. Holy man. She is definitely happy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, here we go, Mike. Here we go with Etcheverry again, describing the episode as a case of the series guiding the showrunners more than the runners guiding it. His original understanding of the story was that Kieran Oda's inability to experience genuine physical intimacy would have been Odo's problem, as he's only pretending to be humanoid. But in breaking the story, Echeverria found that the story was more about Kira not being capable of changeling intimacy. This called for the final sequence where she does just that. Uh, the original written ending of the episode involved Kira caressing, oh my gosh, caressing Odo's gel gelatinous form, but no one truly wanted to pursue that per a possibility. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, they wrote that, but they didn't film it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the later possibility involved Odo transforming into falling snow, but that too was rejected. Um, on her face, <laughs> okay. Golden snow. So here we go. Visual effects supervisor David Stipes drawing on experience of his wife had in seeing the Aurora Borealis while oh, camping okay. came up with a form. <laughs> he takes oh, in the finished episode and describes the script as a gossamer cloud of plasma like energy or a shower. <laughs> what kind of shower did uh, Adam? <laughs> Yeah, you know, golden yeah. format. A golden, golden one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is and that's our final fact, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll look, if it. she didn't want him to do that to her, she would have moved. So she wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> that's could be, good logic. could be. All right. Well, that you, did, you but, didn't expect the R. Kelly reference in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is before R. Kelly did all that, right? I know. So. He's like, he got inspired. <laughs> He was inspired I by this. For my ladies. Yeah. <laughs> good enough for Kira. It's good enough for our killer. All right. Let's let's rate this episode with all that in mind. Um, bring, bring up our sheet here. Okay. So Jeff not with us. I'll start us off then. Um, I, I Do I like this more than last week's episode? No. So I'm giving this a five and a half. Oh, this gets a, a 6.5. It gets. It was going to be a five and a half, but that last sequence and the repeated talks of golden showers 
bumped it up one mark. Bumped it up to a six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Jody. Oh, this is hard. Um, <laughs> especially with Jamil <laughs> doing that. Um, I'm going to go right in the middle. I'm going to do a six. Six. Adam. Uh, this is not as good as last week's for me. So this is a five. Five. Uh, Kevin uh, is ill tonight. Um, our, our friends Norman given a six and a half and a six, uh, respectively. I don't think we got a Davin rating anywhere, did we? Uh, but I uh, he said it's not a 10. Not a 10. Okay. So we'll fill that in later. So just Davin the four of us. doesn't but seem like probably an hour type. Um, yeah, this episode currently averaging a 5.8 with our four scores, respectively. Wow, I should have been here for Emperor's New Cloak. Well, you wanted to throw in your score? I can, I can definitely throw it in. I agree with almost everybody on the panel there. A one is being generous. <laughs> I would you say, are... I'd p- say point, point seven. Point seven. Okay. Uh, that, that is now like our most hated episode by far. Uh, uh it, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's got some good moments. And the one after the one after that, I would give it a five. At the field of fire. Yeah, I actually like this episode better than the last one. Um, okay, so we're we're averaging five point eight. This has a seven point two on IMDb, which is a little high. Um, this is like in a lot of people's top ten episodes of Star Trek. Even really, well, I'm like, why? I can kind of get it. I feel like the episode has a lot of good messages about. It does. But it, yeah. but and I could see this resonating with others more than it resonates with me. But um... well, that, actually, I, I should read this last one because <clears throat> this is arguably another uh, arguably another Deep Space Nine episode that deals with LGBT uh, issues, albeit more subtly than in the Emperor's New Cloak. Odo engaging in the intimate active linking. So they, again, they're calling it intimate, but active linking with another male of his own species, even though check changes don't have genders. And suffering from the notion that he has to hide his true self uh, when he's around the solids uh, can be seen as a uh, thinly thinly veiled uh, references to homosexuality and bisexuality. So, right, and like that, I, I think like so, yeah, suppressing your true identity or your the, your true self to try to fit in with a crowd. I feel like the, the episode does have a lot of good themes and messages. It's just the execution of it doesn't quite work for me. You know, it's just uh, it's kind of like, no, I, except I, for the golden shower. And honestly, did you really think that the Emperor's New Cloak was that overt or that obvious? I, I didn't. Maybe um, by today's standards, maybe in 1999 the, or whatever. The, the, the big smooch with Ezri and Kira was kind of overt. Um, yeah, I guess. But yeah, for the, for when it was, sure. For when it was, it was the 90s, guys. Like, I, yeah. you know, so... So anyway, uh, with all that, uh, guys, let's look ahead to the next episode. Uh, it's called Bada Bing Bada Bang. Oh, this is a oh, big boy. Fontaine episode, isn't it? Uh, this is a, a, a hollow deck episode, if you will, a hollow suite episode, um, which is all about Vic Fontaine in the in the Las Vegas situation. Basically, Vic Fontaine goes. Um, he has some bad some bad things happen to him, Adam, and the crew has to step in and help. Uh, Why can't they just hit the reset switch? All sweet character. Problem over. Excellent. Because Frankie Eyes, Vic long Vic's longtime rival is trying to mess mess things up, right? Okay, but just turn off the simulator. There's gangsters. But just turn off the simulator. Um can't you just turn off the simulator, Dave? Yeah. Oh, we wouldn't have an episode then. Oh, Jody, you should keep that name for next week. Jody the Fog. (laughs) The Velvet Fog. 
Uh, although I, I think that like one's a more, one of the more interesting Jamil things is think, his inner well, we'll talk about it in the next in the next podcast. But yeah, I think that bada bada bing bada bang is not a terrible episode. It's kind of interesting. Um, and it then and then after that we get that weird section thirty one episode. So <laughs> I agree with Norman here. <laughs> There's a war going on. Spend all your time with all sweet. <laughs> yeah, like well, I think like we have been talking about this. I'm like Adam, you're coming in for season seven, Deep Space Nine. You are going to see this Dominion War like you have never seen it before. It's going to be so epic. And I forgot that they make us wait basically 15 or 16 episodes before they show us <laughs> any of that. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of like they kind of like sprint to the finish in the end. Well, and the... Sam says season seven is bad so far. I'm like, eh, you're not all the way there yet, bud. <laughs> It's just, it's not even like, I think these episodes would be more well-received if there wasn't this other stuff going on in the background that we, we want them to pay off, you know? You know, the just, stuff that's interesting. Right. I guess, you know, different things. Um, right. so what they should have is turned off the hollow suite and start Conserve going energy. Yeah. How's Nog doing? I wonder if he's recovered yet. Yeah. Nog's in the next episode. He so, is in the next episode, yeah. Uh, it's a Vic Fontaine episode. and So, of course, next, him and his Vic's uh, relationship. Uh, the next one has Cassidy Yates and a whole bunch of uh, of the others coming in, so it's gonna be good. Um, all right. Well, with that note, uh, let's just plug our other shows and different things. I was mentioned. There's other, the shows? There's other stuff. I was on here last night with Adam and uh, and and Dave Pugsley and uh, Davin talking about Miles O'Brien uh, himself. Uh, you don't have to get two presents. Surely one's enough. No, um, that fine. was a good conversation. You haven't you even gone a day. You've only been a god a day. What are you gonna show me up, Odo? Uh, that that was my favorite part. So go go and uh, check that out. If you didn't know, we we did interview uh, JG Hertzler too uh, some weeks ago. Uh, the the voice of uh, not just the voice, but played loss. Uh, as very well as good Martin. interview. Uh, very I fun. Really so it. so check that out uh, in our back catalog. Um, and I think that's all we have going on right now in live long Star Trek world. Um, well, we have Discovery coming up April 4th. So if you're following... I know next, Jody's excited. I'm Look excited. at that anticipation. It's okay. I, I, got, I got I got, Adam. I got Murphy. We have a crew. It's, I will not be on that uh, podcast. Well, Maybe for the final episode, but... And we got Michael, uh, presumably, uh, as well. So we have, we, have, we have a Discovery team. It's, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. I, I'm working on other projects now, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so look out for that. Yet. Look out for that. Also, we're on the United Federation of Podcasts. All kinds of uh, great podcasts. Check out tomorrow. We're going to be on the X Men podcast, the X Rated podcast, uh, with uh, you know um, Gavin and Andre and, and all that stuff because we're doing not Star Trek Radio Theater tomorrow, guys, but X Men Radio Theater. Ah, cool. Uh, we're doing. Uh, Is it from yeah. like ninety seven? It's it's from like from the nineties. It's this screenplay that never got made into a movie basically uh we're doing it for the writer this guy named bob um, oh okay bob. i know who you're <laughs> talking about yeah. bob something um bob uh worked on many cartoons like gargoyles and x-men and, and different things and he wrote this script like a long time ago so we're we're going to be reenacting it i think uh, jamil's playing senator kelly i'm yes, playing and a sentinel and a senator i'm playing cyclops and uh, a senator and some other roles oh, cool. as well so look out for that uh, I see nobody live. called me, but that's fine. There seems uh, to be a lot of like discussion on the chat around that, Dave. Interviews, little like, really. Well, boring. there's a little bit of rallying going on, you know. So what kind of sounds, rallying? Uh, you know, we're gonna make the greatest. Thing. Just check it out, guys. It's gonna be so good. I can't um, wait. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Uh, so check Wednesday. that out tomorrow. Uh, 
Uh, XAM, XAM, I'm not working on a Gilligan's Island podcast. It's on Tuesday. Right? We're doing it Tuesday. I know, but we talked about it. But, but Wednesday. on Wednesday, on the Super Mater Brothers podcast, we are brothers! We got the return of Survivor, everybody. Survivor 46 is premiering. Uh, where Legends Are Made is the title of the episode. And I, I can tell you who's not going to make it just by that picture. Who's not uh, going to make it? I want to know. Who's, gonna, who's not going to make it? back up. Okay. Back row from the right, four over. There's no way that guy's making it. Foster drafted that guy. We all think he's weak, too. So, yeah. Which one? Uh, talk about, uh, is his name David or something? Or uh, Mike? Or Well, if his name's David, he's got a chance. It, it's like No, it isn't Dave because... There's another day it's that we were sharing. I've learned from experience. Oh, geez, guys, you're gonna make me like figure out who's on, who's got what. It's fine. Um, we don't need to talk about it. We maybe we do. Like you know, like oh, I don't think we do. Uh, then I can tell you who everybody. I think is. I think we just need some more golden showers. <laughs> he has uh, it all set up. Here's the here's the oh, the fact that he has these ready. Oh yeah, he does. His yeah. name is Charlie. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Charlie's a dork and he's not making it. Drafted, you now. drafted at number seven. I don't get it, Foster. Why? Number seven? Yeah. You got this guy before Tim? Uh, Tim, Tim was later Tim on. like he can handle himself. This is who Jamil drafted. Hunter. Hunter and Jess. Jess, oh, Jess, Jess is from Toronto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. All right. Well, you know, I, I think we're okay there. This is the Jane team. Oh, I'm uh, not totally sure about that, Jane. <laughs> uh, Jeff's team. Uh... Yeah, Adam's hinting no. at Jody's project. Yeah. What's that? The Jan. Um, Adam is hinting at your project. Adam's hinting at my project. He better not yeah. be. <laughs> no. You guys, look at my team. Isn't this amazing? Uh, no. I got Venus. I'm your Venus. V- Venus. Your Venus fire. looks like she's going to try to find a Starbucks. Uh, she's from Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill. Oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Uh, and then the Daryl team um, and the Amanda team. Anyway, I think I've spent enough time on Survivor, but check it out Wednesday. Also, I think they're on hold up on Wednesday too, aren't they, Jamil? Uh, they're talking if it if it happens. Yes, martial arts, <laughs> martial, martial art arts movies. Yeah, with uh, uh, Bloodsport and um, on back maybe I think some other ones. I know Bloodsport's one of them. Uh, Kung Fu Hustles one of them. Yes, well, Kung Fu Hustles. Really? I love that movie. <laughs> Yeah. It keeps changing. That's why. Yeah, it's Kung Fu Hustle. Who's your girl this year, Sam? Who's your girl in Survivor? It's got to be Venus, right? That's why I drafted her. What I really like yeah. is Sam tries to insult us by spelling idiots and y'all wrong. Y'all are. I that was pretty idoits. good. You're right. Dude, we are. We're, we're, Sam. we're the we're biggest idoits there ever were. Uh, there's oh. no bigger idoits than us. <laughs> oh, Charlie is his winner pick. Wow. Charlie? Okay. Who's Charlie? Let me see Charlie. Char- Charlie's Charlie, the, the one you don't the guy like. You said would definitely lose. Oh, Foster's yeah, pick. no, he's gone. Oh, you're so. Oh, yeah, you're burnt. This is your winner's pick? No way. It's there Venus. is no way. Venus is the winner's pick. Venus anyway. ain't no winner. And look out for Aiming on Track, my son's music podcast. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about Stan Rogers as the next album. Ah. Stan Rogers. Yeah. I know he's I asked no me clue for who... a uh, an April episode. He's. Um, I have no clue who Stan Rogers is. I'm not surprised. He's like folk music and stuff so okay I'm just um anyway so that's all the stuff guys i think we can let we can let people go for the night check out the united federation of podcasts and all our great shows all Indeed. right uh and uh thanks for being with us we'll be back for bada bing bada bang in the next uh in the next one and on that we'll leave you on a quote uh what do we got here for uh for this um <laughs> we'll, we'll...
this one, this one, this one, I think has to be the best one. You don't have to give her two presents. You've only been gone a day. Yeah. See you next time, everybody. Now let's get out of here. <laughs>